What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Avoiding Relegation podcast. Yes, we took a week off. You can blame me for that. I <laughs> I, I was definitely, I got back to work last week after dealing with an, an arm injury for some time, so it was weird getting back, you know, going to work and everything. Uh, my name is Randy Bruce. I'm, I'm one of your hosts, and I am joined here by my best friend in the entire world. Yeah, it is cheesy as hell, but <laughs> thank God he's doing this with me uh christian how are you doing today man uh, i'm doing good i'm excited to dive into these transfers what we're talking about today and then dive into the fpl which opened up was it yesterday uh, yeah i think yesterday or two days ago i couldn't remember the second it opened up i was like okay we gotta jump on this like this, this has to be uh, something we need to jump on for our podcast so you're you're wearing your dortmund jersey today I, I feel like I feel like this needs to be a thing. Christian needs to wear a different jersey every single episode. I mean, I got a closet full of them, so we can. You're definitely... gonna run. You're gonna run out eventually. No, nah, I just keep buying them. <laughs> so you went. You went with Dortmund. Your boys are in the news for transfers. Uh, who, yes, who did they get Sebastian again? Holler. Okay, you guys have like seven transfers that you've done this offseason. It's like a retooling. Well, they're using yeah, that well, Holland I mean, money. I was gonna say the Holland money. <laughs> Haller's a Haller's a big uh, sign for them. They'll be coming as striker. He was really good for Ajax, so they definitely needed that. We are just a month, a month away, guys, from the Premier League season. It it doesn't even feel like that's what I love about football is the off seasons are like so small. Um, go check us well, even, out. Even, oh, go even during the off season, we got stuff going on and around the world. So there's always something going on. And I mean. I don't know how big of an MLS fan Christian is, but it is in our backyard and I am an MLS fan. So we still got MLS soccer to keep us up, keep us occupied as well. Um, before we get into things, go check us out on our Instagram at reality. Randy, there is a lot of content coming out. I just did a survivor podcast for survivor South Africa. So if you're into survivor, go check that out. And then we also started a new podcast um, called Relax Cinema on Sundays, where we just talk movies and TV shows, and uh, there's always something to talk about there. So go check out all do, that. Do you have a, a co-host on that one? Uh, I do not. Are you are not. you putting in an application? Uh, no. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Maybe sometimes. If you talk about a movie <laughs> that I really enjoyed, but we'll see. Yeah, it's about a 30-minute episode. Uh, that, along with the Survivor South Africa breakdown, is only available to premium members. So it is 99 cents a month, just 99 cents, less than a chocolate bar. Uh, go check it out. Go join our premium side. Uh, so, all right, are you ready to get into what everyone actually came for, Christian? And that's talking <laughs> the Premier League. Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, we got a lot uh, to talk about. So what we're going to start, we're going to start off, Christian, uh, talking about two transfers that have really stuck out to us. And there's been some big ones this offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, you you want to take yours? Uh, I mean, I can. You want me to go mine first? Mine's probably not as entertaining as yours. Uh, being a Liverpool supporter, I show a little favoritism. I got to talk about my boy, Mo Salah renewing his contract i believe it's a three-year deal it was the biggest talk uh around the club is it, there was this shadow kind of over the club will mo salah sign back will he go somewhere else we just saw sadio mane leave for Bayern munich roberto Firmino's kind of phasing out of the club it's kind of this new we know klopp only has two or three two or three years left before he leaves 
So it's kind of like a reinvention of Liverpool in a way, but they still want to compete with Man City for the title. So there was just a black cloud of whether Mo Salah would sign back. And they finally got the deal done. Mo Salah, three-year deal to remain at Liverpool. Christian, this is a huge uh, contract signing uh, for Liverpool to keep their main man around. I was going to say, you say it's not nearly as exciting, but I think that as Liverpool fans, they you guys are probably – stoked considering it's a it's finally a shimmering of light at the end of the dark <laughs> tunnel uh, a lot of a lot of players leaving and rumored to leave uh, Sadio Mane and uh, it definitely was a, a good sign for you guys moving forward what is what does uh, this do for Liverpool moving forward like do you think I mean, we've seen some of the signings. We're going to get into some of the signings. Their big one was Diaz, obviously. But moving forward, like, I think they should still be, especially this season and possibly next season as well, they should still be able to be right up there with the big boys in Manchester City. Well, yeah. I think losing Sadio Mane is going to be a blow, especially early in the year. That's a big chemistry drop-off there. You're going to have to put some new people into the lineup, kind of test out, figure out where it's going to work better. That's why I still have City winning the whole thing because they still have that core held together. And early in the season is very important. And I think that's where Liverpool might struggle. Luckily for them, they start off with Fulham, the newly promoted side. So, uh, which I think, I mean, I think they they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll be fine. Like, and we got Remy crying in the background. Oh, Remy. Hey, everyone loves Remy. If you're <laughs> listening to this and not watching the YouTube version of the show, it it is Christian's dog, Remy. She is so sweet. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. It's huge news for Liverpool, like you said. Just to have that um, presence up front and the type of the caliber of player Mo Salah is, I still believe he's a you know, top five player in the world. Um, and he is... Like him or hate him, he is just unbelievable when it comes to his game. Um, and that's good for Liverpool. They need players to stick around. They, it, I mean, not saying players just come and leave, but I'm saying uh, they're core players. Like I said, they're kind of rotating some of these players that we've had over the past couple of years out. Um, and it's good to have Mo Salah locked down for three more years. Um, and we'll see where he goes from there. At the end of the day, it truly is an end of an era for Liverpool. And I just think it'll be nice to not lose everyone all at once. The era, the era that got me into the club. Like, you know, you guys could say, oh, fake fans. No, we just weren't watching. Um, And then I fell in love with them in that Real Madrid game. uh, The the first Champions League final they did with them. Um, And that's, uh, I shouldn't say the first, but (laughs) that's, that's when I fell in love with them. And uh, yeah, it's like you said, end of an era, seeing, you know, I remember Firmino, Mane, Sala. That was the top three, and we're just kind of – that's no more. Like I said, Firmino's kind of being phased out of the club. We'll have to wait and see, you know, what his role is moving forward. But go ahead and give us uh, what what your transfer is that stuck out in your opinion. So I told you something different before we, we uh, came okay. on, but I'm going to actually – I'm actually going to go with uh, Raheem Sterling to Chelsea. Okay. That was um, announced today that they ha- it's not necessarily technically official. It's unofficially official, but the the two sides have agreed to terms and I think that is definitely interesting because Chelsea needed 
that extra oomph going into the season. And I think Raheem Sterling will bring goals. So I think that that, that could be a big signing for them. Do we know do we know how season. much the fee was? Um, like I said, it's unofficially official. So I don't think that the, the two teams that per se have agreed to terms, but necessarily Chelsea and Sterling themselves have agreed to terms. So the, the ball is rolling. Uh, where does say, say the ball gets through <laughs> and Raheem Sterling ends up on this team? Where does that put him with Chelsea's? I mean, they've got a toy box of wingers over over there at Chelsea. Yeah, well, I mean, the same could have been said about Liverpool, you know, a year or two ago. It, it, I feel like we're moving into an age where wingers are are a dime in a dozen, but you want you want the the better ones. The, you you want you want world class wingers, and I think they got them. The hard part for Tuchel is going to be deciding which toys does he want to roll out for for his play dates. <laughs> Man, I I can't stand Raheem Sterling and everything he does to Liverpool and all that, but. He is definitely, I think, if, if he gets on this Chelsea side, I think he's an every match starter, in my opinion. I don't think you, I mean, besides the games that you rest him, uh, I don't think you put Raheem Sterling on the bench. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think who takes a back seat, and it has to be Pulisic, right? It's got to be. I think it's going to be. I think, I, given he stays, I think it's going to be good for Pulisic. I think he's been really well off the bench for Chelsea. In the games that he started, he's had lower grades. Coming off the bench, he's had better grades. I think it'll be good for him, and it'll be good for the club. Now, they could move him, because, I mean, there's rumors of multiple wingers leaving. Ziyech, for some reason, there was some silly rumor of Mason Mount out of the club. That was silly. That There's no chance of that happening. And then, obviously, Pulisic to Juventus. But I don't think that he's leaving. I think he'll stay, at least for the season, and I think he'll play off the bench. So, I mean, I like how you put that. It would be good. I mean, Pulisic does really well. It's kind of like a super sub. Bring him on the, in the 60th, 70th minute. He can really contribute. I mean, he'll get you goals. He'll get you more assists than goals. But, um, uh, yeah, I just think if Raheem Sterling's on the squad, it obviously makes Chelsea better. Just, you do not just add imagine, Raheem Sterling to a squad. And just imagine chasing Raheem Sterling and – uh, Kai Havertz around for 70 minutes and then they're like, all right, now you're tired. Here's Christian Pulisic. It's super speedy. I mean, this obviously just helps Chelsea out. This does not put Chelsea in any position to like, it's not a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not kind of just like the side move that keeps them where they're at. It's obviously going to add to the club and a good signing for them. Um, so let's get into, I wrote down before we, we hopped on here, I wrote down a bunch of transfers and Christian and I are going to give you our opinions on each one. Some of them are going to be longer than others, depending on how, how well we know the players. Um, but we got to start off with one that our friend Bailey is very excited about. We have this like very interesting friend group. We all have favorite teams, Liverpool, Chelsea, um, Manchester United, Tottenham, Everton. Yeah. It's all over the place with our friend group. But our friend Bailey is very excited. They just announced their first signing under the, what's his name, Ten Hog era? Ten Hog, yeah. Yeah, so they just announced their first signing, Tyrell Malasia from, I can never pronounce this team's name. Feyenoord. Feyenoord uh, for 15 mil. 
Um, so Christian, I'll, I'll let you go first. You, you're going to know more about this guy than I do. Um, I think it's a decent signing for United. I just can't take any United signing seriously because we've seen what's happened the past couple of years where they come in and lay a giant egg. First of all, I'm going to do a little rant here because I have said this multiple times amongst our friend group. I think Ten Hag is going, a, 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 going about this rebuild completely wrong. I don't think that the Dutch players are the way of the future. And I don't think that him mainly scouting in his little niche area that he did for Ajax is going to work in the Prem. Now, Malasia had big, massive club offers coming at him, and they stole him from Lyon. So I don't know much about him per se as a player, but I know that he's got the pedigree, and he could be a good young player. Uh, fullback for them. So 15 mils, not a hefty price. I, I don't see anything wrong with it. Is it really going to give United what they need though? In that, in that fullback position? Here's the thing. United's not playing champions league football. They're not drawing the big names. You got to do something and signing a young fullback with potential. It's, I mean, it can't be – you can't go wrong with signing young players with potential in the spot they're at now. I think Man United needs to build with youth, and I think it's a it's a fine signing for them. I mean, I like this move. It's a good move, and like you said, nothing wrong with adding a promising young player to the squad. My only problem is they need to make a big signing. And we – you know, we're a month out. They still got plenty of, plenty of time, in my opinion. I mean, Ronaldo. Ronaldo wants out. Doesn't mean they're going to give him what he wants. He did. I you don't think staying. he does anymore? I'm pretty sure I read that he, he's staying for the season. <clears throat> I mean, that might be true. But still, like, you got to show Ronaldo you're going to be be winning. And I think that's what uh, Cristiano wants to see. And right now, this move is not, hey, Ronaldo, we're going in the right direction. It's kind of a, as you've stated multiple times, it's a rebuild. It is, hey, we're going to completely reshape this club, which does need to happen. You heard my Manchester United rant. It does need to happen. I just don't know how Cristiano sees this. No, I I agree, but here's my thing. Where, where I don't agree is I don't think they need to prove to Ronaldo anything. I think that they need to stick to what they need to do, and if Ronaldo doesn't like it, he's got all the power to go somewhere else. But this is what, what they need to do as a club mm-hmm. is build with their youth because they're not drawing the names that they used to draw. No, I mean, Chris and I have talked about this a lot and all you Manchester United fans, you are not going to enjoy hearing this. You cannot say we're Manchester United. We're the most illustrious club in Europe and it's just not buying players anymore. They don't care. There's been multiple players. I will say this. I didn't write it down. So sorry, Christian. I am going to kind of catch you off guard here. Uh, Christian Erickson, who apparently rumored said no at first. No, I don't want to go there now. The rumor is he has agreed to personal terms, much like Raheem Sterling has with the with the team, which I think that would be a huge pickup for Manchester United. I think Erickson's a good player. He's 28, 29 years old. He was playing for Brentford last year, was a key piece. But is signing a 29-year-old from Brentford really what, what we're saying is a big, massive Manchester United signing nowadays? That sounds like something that, that Everton does. It doesn't sound like a Manchester <laughs> yeah. United top six team. So while he is a, a, a great player and in his time, 
arguably world class. He's not what he once was, and I would not consider that a massive signing. Definitely Manchester United needs to go the rebuild route, and this is a move that gets him started here. So uh, the next move I want to bring up is not one that everyone watching this, every Premier League fan is going to go, ooh, like it's, it's no, but, one. But our, our local, cl- our local uh, American and uh, uh, what, what do you call it, our uh, – our, um... Our friend group will definitely understand it. It's one that hits close to home. Go ahead, Christian. Break the news. You know what I'm talking about here for 6.3 mil. I mean, it's something that's that's been rumored all – really second half of the season is Matt Turner moving from uh, New England to Arsenal, probably be their third goalkeeper, maybe their second if he's lucky. I'm saying third. But it's cool to see uh, our <laughs> top man – head over there but it does have world cup uh world cup implications what can uh you're so much better at describing players so i'm gonna let you do this too what can if if people are watching this from europe or another country you know they might not have really watched or maybe arsenal fans they might not have really watched um matt turner what can they expect from this goalkeeper say he does play in in some games here and there well i'm just gonna start off with i think matt Turner made a mistake I think going to Arsenal, especially at this time in his career, was a mistake because, yeah, he's going to get the big bucks. He's going to get paid. He's going to be along for an interesting ride, but he's not going to get playing time unless he maybe shows up in a cup game. He made the Zach Steffen mistake, but in the same respect, Matt Turner has been huge to the U.S. national team in this last year or two. Uh, He's won multiple trophies for us and playing between the sticks. Uh, playing at New England, he was arguably top three goalkeeper every year. He's got talent, and I think as he fits fits in as a third string Premier League goalkeeper. I mean, you're getting a good goalkeeper. If he's your third string, you should be overjoyed. He is a good goalkeeper. I mean, whether you say he's an American or you know, there's this there's this talk that Americans can't play football, which I think at this point we have shown we can. Um, and Matt Turner is 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 a good goalkeeper who should slot in. I hope he gets loaned out because, like you said, this has huge World Cup implications. Uh, uh, Berhalter has said for the men's national team that he wants people who are match ready. He doesn't care how good you are or if you are on paper the best. He wants people who are playing regularly. And as of you know a couple of weeks ago, that was going to be Sean Johnson, who's probably the fourth best goalkeeper we have. But he was going to play in the World Cup because he'd be the only one playing. Now that's kind of changed with um, uh, Horvath going to Luton Town and um, who am I missing? Stefan going to Middlesbrough. Yeah, so it's changed. But they're making those moves to get playing time because Burhalter has said, if you want to play in the World Cup, you got to be playing on a regular basis. And like you said, could be the worst timing for Matt Turner because if he stayed at New England for another year, he very much could have been our starting goalkeeper at the World oh, Cup. I think he was in line. He was going to be the goalkeeper. Moving to Arsenal definitely put a damper in that. And I was going to I was going to say I was going to use this to branch off and talk about Stefan because I think Stefan to Middlesbrough almost locks him in as our World Cup keeper. Uh, I, I would agree with that. I think he does need the show that he's got because if he's playing at the same time as Sean Johnson, Sean Johnson has shown he's been a great goalkeeper. Now he's been given up 
goals recently. I was for, say, when you get four goals of Cincinnati. <laughs> he's been giving up and two goals to Atlanta. He's been giving up quite a bit of goals recently, so it doesn't look great on Sean Johnson. Um, but they're going through a coaching carousel and everything over there. That's besides the point. But I, I do agree with you that I think Stefan, as long as he goes there and he proves he is still a, a really good goalkeeper at the top of his game, I think that spot is his for the taking. Yes, I agree. Um, next up, let's move on to a guy that we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about it because, frankly, just being honest with you, we don't know much about him. But he's coming from Sporting CP, Zhao Palhinha, 20 mil, going to Fulham. Uh, all I got to say about this, Christian, is this is obviously – we're going to get to him a little bit later too. This is obviously Fabio Calvajal's replacement. Bringing him in from Sporting CP, Fulham needed to fill that central midfield position, and they got their guy here. And that's all I can say. I really don't know um, anything else about his game. I'm not too educated on Paulinho. I know that he's probably not going to be Carvalho's replacement because he's a def- more of a defensive-minded midfielder. Okay. Uh, he's 26 years old, and he is a Portuguese just like Carvajal. I don't know what they do at that attacking mid, but I this is gonna this just strikes me more as a defensive move. It seems like it seems like that's the last position that Fulham is looking for is that attacking midfield position uh, that Cavahall left behind. Um, if if you want our full thoughts on what this means for Fulham and how good we think Fulham's going to do in their year in the Prem, I guess this is a great time to say go check it out. Go check out our first episode that we did. Christian and I ranked all 20 teams in our early predictions on where we think they're going to finish. That is all going to change uh, based off some of these signings that we've seen here, and we'll do another video later on. Uh, but moving on here, this is a huge one. Coming from Leeds United for 49 mil, Calvin Phillips has completed his move to Manchester City. This is a guy we can talk on, Christian. We know a lot about Calvin Phillips. And we know a lot about the big dogs, Manchester City. Is this the right move for him? Because honestly, I don't think there's any way Calvin Phillips will make it into the starting 11 for this club. It's going to be tough. He's been very good for the national team. Um, I think that's kind of where he kind of bursts onto the scene. Uh, At Leeds, he's been pretty good as well. I think that he definitely gets playing time. Uh, maybe maybe down the line more so as a starting 11 guy. Right now, I think that's held down by Rodri. Um, I think it's a good signing depth-wise, but that's, that's, that's how I feel for right now. I think Calvin Phillips is a very good player, and down the line, he will be a starting 11 guy. But right now, he's probably a sub. I forgot to write this down when we were talking about the transfers, but we could branch off of this and great haul for Leeds to get 49 mil for uh, Calvin Phillips. That's a good, that's a good uh, transfer budget fund right there. And they've now turned around with Jesse Marsh in charge. He took over late last season and kind of like this American revolution. We see a, a couple of our boys heading over there. Brendan Aronson's heading coming into Leeds. And then they just announced, or I don't know if they've actually announced it, but, uh, Tyler Adams has completed his move from uh, my favorite Bundesliga team, RB Leipzig. So Tyler Adams, much like Raheem Sterling, from what I understand, is the <clears throat> club and player have agreed to terms, but they haven't really club to club had agreement yet, from what I understand. So the rumor is Tyler Adams, but Brendan Aronson has 
completed his move. So they've kind of taken this money that Calvin Phillips got him and has have turned this into a couple of players that Jesse you know, Marsh is familiar with. Brendan Aronson is, I think, where is he playing? Salzburg? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yes. He's a guy who's really, he was really well in the MLS, but he's taken massive steps forward with a national team. He's been starting. He's playing really well. He could crack into that team, especially with the players they're selling. You think? I think Tyler Adams is a shoe in for that team. I, I love Tyler Adams. How you feel? I mean, I love Brendan Aronson too, but I, th- you know, watching Tyler Adams at Leipzig, this is a player who's ready. He can get into the starting eleven, and he can provide you good central defensive midfield presence. Uh, and I'm he's actually got an interested in foot. that. Do you think that they play him at the defensive mid and takes over the the Calvin Phillips role, or does he? kind of take over for Eiling and kind of play a right wing back position because he can I, do that as well. I expect them to play him at right wing back personally. I he's been known to do that at Leipzig. I think he's personally I think he's better in that central defensive midfield position. Um because if you put him on the right back position, he's not a defender. So you leave a hole open. He, he can defend like every player can defend. Every player can get in front of the ball. But um you're looking at it. He's going to kind of lack on the defensive end. So I don't like when teams put him in that defensive position, but he is a great wing back. If you're looking at an attacking sense, he, he can get the ball in um, to the penalty area. He's great at crossing. He's going to give you that speed that you need down that right hand side. I would just much rather have him in the midfield as a central defensive midfielder who can kind of move up with the attackers personally. That's how I see him. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure to see what they do. Um, so moving on here, we're going to move on to probably the biggest transfer thus far, honestly, in, in my opinion, uh, until the Raheem Sterling one maybe gets announced. But Gabriel Jesus, 52.2 mil from Manchester City. The, he spent years playing the backup to Sergio Aguera. And now he is moving to Arsenal. Christian, we were talking about this yesterday and what this means for Gabriel Jesus. This is his chance to prove it. You now are the attacking nine. Because I was saying yesterday when we were talking, for me, he never really proved it at City. Every time he got on the team, yeah, he can score goals. But on a consistent level, I never saw it. This is his opportunity at Arsenal. And this is a good move for Arsenal. Massive upgrade from Nikita. I think that Gabriel Jesus is going to be a stud. I think he's a stud player. I think that this is going to be a massive sign for Arsenal. I think that this definitely pushes him up the rankings a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think there's much to say here because I feel like a lot of people are going to agree to this. He's uh, what, twenty eight, twenty nine now. Jesus? Yeah, is he younger than that? He's def- I think he's younger than that. Uh, I should have wrote it down. Let's see. Let me look it up real quick. I thought he was like 27 or something. I could be way wrong. Uh, Jesus, 25. So, yeah, I was way wrong. Okay, so he's only 25 years old. I mean, Arsenal has a guy they should be able to lock down for years to come. Yeah, I'm very sad to see him on Arsenal because I love Gabriel Jesus, but <laughs> don't I don't like Arsenal. I hate Arsenal, so. <laughs> uh, 
Um, next up, we have uh, talking about a Liverpool transfer. Fabio Calvajal, 5.9 mil from Fulham. We talked about this a little bit earlier. This is a good pickup for Liverpool. They need it's a steal. They need uh, stuff in that midfield or players in that midfield uh, area, uh, especially after, you know, some of the players have kind of lagged behind a little bit. Like Oxide Chamberlain is still there. A lot of players are like, why do we still have him? Um, and that midfield area, Keita, there's been some questions about whether he's going to say we got rid of Minamino. Um, does he break the starting 11? I don't think so. I personally think the starter starters in the midfield are going to be Diago Fabinho and Henderson. But if you're looking at Fabio Cavajal as a player to come in when Henderson, who's getting up there in age needs a break or Thiago, who is majorly injury prone needs a break. I can't complain about Cavajal coming into that midfield, but I'm interested because Jurgen Klopp and the people over at Liverpool football club are very high on um, Curtis Jones and he's got an argument. Could he be a sub there? Uh, it's going to have, I'm interested to see how he fits into this team. Well, Carvajal is more of an attacking option, but whereas Curtis Jones is more so the, the CM role, Carvajal is going to be more of a cam could probably play some wing. I think that but then you have Harvey to, Elliott as well. Sorry to throw that out there. I think someone needs to lock Jurgen Klopp up for this thief because I think <laughs> getting Carvajal under six mil is just silly. He was a massive role in Fulham's promotion and Fulham. I mean, if he wanted to leave, they should have got more than six mil out of him. I mean, we've seen this with Liverpool where they bring players in um, from kind of cl- the lower clubs and they just turn them into superstars. This could be his moment to go to Liverpool, learn under Jurgen Klopp, learn under some of those defensive names that I've said, and just skyrocket. He's still a young player, and he's got plenty of time to, you know, to really become something special over at Liverpool. I'm really worried for uh, Mitrovic. I think Mitrovic broke records. I think Carvajal could have been a key piece to that. Obviously, you need you need a guy to set up the the guy who's scoring the goals, and they haven't replace that yet so uh, we're, we're gonna find out was Mitrovic that dude in the championship or was Carvajal really helping in that central mid to, to allow that to happen before we get to our final uh big transfer uh we already talked about Mo Salah re-signing I do want to bring up Brendan Johnson re-signing uh renewing his contract for Nottingham Forest Christian I know you're a big fan of this uh, Nottingham Forest being able to keep Brendan Johnson be able to resign. Now, I will say there are still rumors that, that Nottingham Forest is expecting a lot of big clubs to come calling for Brennan Johnson. But put locking him down for five years is massive. Brennan Johnson is born and raised in Nottingham. That's his club. He's a he's from the, the city. He's grown with the club. They're now back in the in the prim. I would I think I think that was a shoe-in. You want to see him start on their first time back in 23 years. Do you think he scores I, opening day? I'm pretty like sure. I I could be wrong, but this might be the first time that Nottingham's been in the, uh, the Premier League since he was born. Oh, could you he, imagine? He, 20, he is 21 years old. He was born March 23rd, 2001. 
So yes, they he has never in his lifetime seen Nottingham Forest in the Premier League. Could you imagine if he scores on their home debut? Oh, I I would almost bet it. <laughs> that that place would erupt. Uh, the final. Uh, speaking on Nottingham as well, bringing in I would, I'm gonna butcher this name. I would Oh yeah yeah yeah. From from Union Berlin, former Liverpool product. Have you seen the picture of him standing behind Sadio Mane and Mo Salah? No, I need to see this picture now. He's absolutely massive. He's like probably three feet taller than them. This Ooh. dude is a tank. Like, I think that's going to be a big sign for them as well. He had a huge year last year in the uh, the, the Bundesliga. So him next to Brennan Johnson, I think it's going to be a, a fun attack to see, especially considering we haven't seen him in a, in a while, in quite some time. You expect big things from Nottingham Forest this year, or at least I, I think uh, bringing in Dean Henderson is another big one. Bring him in on loan. Last time he was in, he uh, played really well for Sheffield. I mean, he just got, he just got stuck behind De Gea at United. Which I let's not touch on that because that <laughs> I think that's so silly. I I would have kept Dean Henderson, especially in the movement they're about to do. I would have kept Dean Henderson over De Gea, but whatever. Well, he just got he just got loaned out. They still have him. Uh, but there's a twenty million buy clause on it. Mm. So if Nottingham stays up, I would fully expect them to. Pay 20 mil for Dean Henderson. Uh, the last one we're going to talk about here, and then we're going to go ahead and run through our fantasy, our fantasy Premier League sides. We did, we set them up as soon as it opened up, got some of those deals. There's some good deals that, that you guys should be on the lookout for. Um, but we got to talk about, or there's another small one as well. Real quick, I'll just mention Jesse Lingard heading to America to speak to two unnamed uh, MLS teams. LAFC still has a DP slot open. They got. I was their- hoping. I was hoping you touch on this because I have something to say. Um, I think that this is an absolutely imperative signing for the MLS. I think as a league, they need more signings like this to get a guy who is arguably, definitely Premier League starting eleven talent and having a chance to go to an Everton or West Ham to choose an MLS club over that. A lot of people are saying that he is taking the easy way out, but maybe he's a revolutionary. Maybe he's building something here. And I think people need to uh, quit the slander and just appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. Appreciate the game. Why do we have to hate on leagues around the world? I know you're going to look at us and be like, Oh gosh, here they are just spending their league. Try to watch it. Try to watch a season. Yes, the defense is is terrible. It's it's atrocious. But you also see some amazing goals, and there's some great players over here, and it's a growing league. You have to be excited about that, a league that just continues to grow year by year. Um, and I will say, the if you guys don't know about this report, he's going to America to meet with two unnamed teams, um, and apparently the rumor is there's a very lucrative deal on on the line here and i told christian this i said I, I think we both expected him to go to west ham that west ham offer is still there but if he's actually flying to the united states to visit a team this deal has to be a really good deal um i, I think my gut feeling is dc united that would be my guess but some people are saying it's one of the la teams i know if we get jesse lingard on the la galaxy and we get rid of D, uh, diego costa who is or sorry, Douglas Costa, who is, um, I, I would be very happy. I would be a very happy fan. 
I hope he goes somewhere other than LA. That's gonna that that's the only thing that ruins it for Christian. It, Christian said, and I quote from a text, he will not count LAFC's title if he goes to LAFC. Yeah, you can't go and get Gareth Bale, have Carlos Vela, and then go buy Giolini in the defense. Just because just because you can't win a title and then just go and buy one, that's fabricated. That's false. That's not, that doesn't count. Uh, our, last, our last one that we're getting to here is Richarlson, 58 mil from Everton to Tottenham. I, we kind of saw this coming when Everton almost got relegated. That was kind of his foot out the door. Um, is this a big signing for Tottenham? I don't think I feel so. Like, I feel like going into this season, we've stepped into the upside down. Like, what's going on Tottenham spending all this money? What What is this? I, I, I don't think this. I mean, he. I think he's going to ride the bench. Right? Is he going to make the I think 11? Is well, no, no, he will because they just sold Bergwine. That's right. Uh, that's Ajax. right. So he will probably start. But this is this is a Tottenham signing. I, Richarlson has a pedigree, and there was a lot of big clubs that wanted him, and he had a couple good seasons. I, I don't see this being a world class player. I don't. I'm, one, I'm not sold on Richarlson being some amazing talent like everyone thinks he is, and two. Tottenham does this. When they do spin big, it usually falls out on them. I feel like they're usually better at, at bringing in these 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 younger players and turning them into to studs. I just know I've never been a fan of Tottenham, and I'm really not a fan of Richarlson. So when I saw this move, I was like, it's a match made in heaven. I can boo him every week. But I do love I do love Son. Well, you could have done that on Everton anyways. Yeah, that's I mean, I did. I definitely did. <laughs> Uh, is there anything before we move on to our FBL teams? Is there anything else you want to say transfer wise? I think we pretty much touched it all, even on the stuff that wasn't on the list. We we did a good job of of branching out and and covering uh, everything else. That's yeah, what we uh, that's what we want to do here on the show too. You know, we always watch these shows where they talk about the big teams and the big teams only. Yeah, you're not going to get that here. We want to talk about every team. We want to try to touch base on every team. Um, so, yeah, th- those were. Well, I mean, us being on a different sport, Pacers fans, we, we kind of have respect for those people who, who don't uh, never don't get, get to hear much about. news on their teams. So. <laughs> we'll try to hit every team as best as we can. But let's go ahead and move into this. You have your uh, fantasy Premier League team right in front of you, Christian. I do. All right. So we're going to talk to you guys and tell you who we put in our starting 11. We're not going to touch base on bench, but we'll say our starting 11, and this is very early. Stuff could change, and I promise you, I would bet $500,000 million, I don't know, $1,000 million, uh, that we change our teams before the season starts. But this is just what we're feeling right now and what we think you guys could look to get on your teams if you're looking for – FPL success. So Christian, go ahead and start us off. Who do you have in goal? So I think there are multiple options you can go at in goal to start the season. Uh, Like we were saying, we think that Arsenal has a very uh, nice start to their season. So me personally, I've gone with Aaron Ramsdale. I think that he was very good for me last season when I was playing him. And Really, not until match week six do we see a Manchester United when I'm a little weary. And even still, am I weary about United? Not really. 
Uh, I agree with Christian. I think Aaron Ramsdale is, he's not overly expensive. He's a decent deal. I think he's six and a half. Five mil. mil. Five mil. Wow. Yeah. He's the same as Edward Mindy, which is another steal. I believe. If you get that's that's where you can save. Everyone's going to look at Allison or Ederson. Go get Ramsdale. They start off the year. They play all three newly promoted sides in the first four weeks. Go, go get that. Um, so, yeah, I, I also went Ramsdale here. I'll go first. My uh, my right back. I mean, well, not even a question. It is Trent Alexander-Arnold. He is always a lock in my team. Not only am I a Liverpool fan, but he's the best right back in the Premier League based off points, FPL points and everything. I think he's a lock. I think everyone should have Trent Alexander-Arnold in your team. He can score on on some occasions, but his assist numbers are great for the right wing back position. And Liverpool is known to get a lot of clean sheets. And that just helps him in the points department too. He's actually my vice captain this week as well for the for week one. I also have Alexander Arnold starting out my defense. Uh, week weeks eight to eleven, there's some tough matchups there. But you always want a guy who's going to take free kicks, which is Alexander <clears throat> Arnold. Check. You want a guy who can push up the field and score, Alexander Arnold. Check. You want a guy that's going to be on teams that are going to get a lot of clean sheets, Alexander Arnold check. I think this is, this is definitely a shoe in for almost every lineup. Uh, he's 7.5 mil, which might seem high to some people. So if you want to find someone else to, you know, someone else cheaper to get more attacking players that are more expensive, go for it. But I just think he is worth all that 7.5 mil. And I guarantee you, if you don't pick him up now, Throughout the season, he's going to go up, Christian. He's going to be 8 mil, 8.2. I mean, I could see him getting to 8.2. Um, next up, my center back, which Christian was saying doesn't understand why he's really in this position, but Ivan Perisic, the new transfer for Tottenham, uh, go get him, guys, on your team. He's 5.5 mil. He's going to be starting for Tottenham. It, Tottenham's a lot of things, but you know, they don't do terrible in the clean sheet department either. I think go get Ivan Perisic. He is one of the most biggest steals I found while going through my fantasy team. I also have Perisic in my lineup. Um, week Game week two, they have a tough one against Chelsea from there on out. It's not till game week seven where they play City. I, I think if you do have him in your lineup, I would recommend a, a decent uh, bench piece just in case because I, again, am not completely sold on Tottenham. Uh, on my bench, I have Tyreek Lamptey. I think Tyreek Lamptey would be a good – he's a good wing back that can push forward with good speed, and he's got Newcastle week two would be a good replacement for Perisic. Uh, go ahead and do uh, the next one, Christian. Who's your next uh, center back? Uh, so – Next on the defense, I have Jal Cancelo. I think that, again, this is another guy that a lot of people are, are having on their team. He has a very high ranks in a lot of his uh, statistics, number one in threat. He doesn't have a top or a, a tough game until week 11 against Liverpool. I think this is a good shoe-in for the starting start of the season. I mean, I agree with that. And even looking at the schedule here, you have that Liverpool game week uh, match week 11. And then you have Arsenal, Brighton, Leicester, and, and then Fulham. Like, they don't have a – that's their toughest stretch. 
pretty much all season. Well, they've got one looking far ahead. Game week 19 to 22 is kind of a tough schedule. But they start the year with West Ham. We'll see what happens that game. But then you have Burnmouth, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, Nottingham Forest, Ashton Villa. I mean, this should be a shoe-in for a lot of points. And I agree with you. At a price of 7 mil, if you're willing to – some people look at it the defense can't get you that many points compared to offense. I disagree. If you spend money on Alexander Arnold, Jao Cancelo, they're going to get you points. Uh, and Christian, who's your, who's your last defender? So on my last defender here, I'm buying clean sheets. I went with Virgil van Dyke. also can score off the corner. Uh, same with Alexander Arnold that week three, he's got United. That's his first tough, uh, matchup, but again, not too worried about United. Uh, this is a guy who can score. He gets clean sheets. Uh, it's another guy. And, and he's only six and a half mil. I think that that's a good price for him. Uh, I went with someone who would save me a little money because I spent money on Alexander Arnold and Jao Cancelo. Excuse me. And uh, I went with Tyron Mings. I'm a big Tyron Mings fan. And they, uh, Ashton Villa, I expect them to bounce back this year. He's got a great start to the year. He's got Burnmouth, Everton, Crystal Palace, and then West Ham. Um, but then you're going to need a sub for weeks five through seven as he has Arsenal, Manchester City, and Leicester. So, um, you know, for the first three games, I think Mings is going to be great. And then on my bench, I have, I'm going to say his name wrong, Fabian Scar for Newcastle. And around that time that I need to take Mings out, I should be able to play Scar for Newcastle as his schedule gets a, a little bit friendly. So, um, yeah, so that's my back line. Uh, Christian and I agreed on three people. The only difference is I have Liverpool players elsewhere in my lineup, so I couldn't have another player like Virgil van Dyke, And so I went with Mings there. But, Christian, I really do like your back line. I mean, that's a very solid back line. So are you running a 4-4-2, four, 4-4-3? Four, 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 how, how is your lineup looking? I am a 4-4-2 four, four, at the moment. Okay, but so I just think running the, the typical generic lineup, I think as I move on, Antonio has a really tough week one matchup with city. Sorry, spoiler. So I think as I, I move along, it'll turn into a four, three, three, which is the lineup I usually run. Uh, who do you have in, in midfield, in the midfield? I got my captain, Mo Salah, literally number one in almost every rank for midfielders except for creativity but again that's Mo Salah uh same thing with Alexander Arnold and Van Dyke you got the same uh tough matchup not to week three but again it's Mo Salah that's that's my captain that's who I'm sticking with uh yeah let's talk about Mo Salah here 13 mil he's one of the most expensive if not the most expensive player in in FPL and he's worth every penny uh, I, I told Christian that you either have to have Salah, Son, or Fernandez in your in your midfield, or you can throw De Bruyne in there as well. And he's literally the number one player in fantasy. Um, and and you got to spend that 13 mil on him. Get him as your captain uh, because he is going to score. He is a lock to have chances in any matchup, regardless of the matchups. He's going to have chances at goal. Um, he's one, He keeps winning the golden boot. He gets assists. Um, so I don't see any reason why Mo Salah wouldn't be in anybody's midfield. Um, if you want to not go Mo Salah, though, that's a way to maybe make up some ground because he's also like the most owned uh, fantasy player 
in in FBL. So I'll go ahead and go next, Christian, if you're cool with that. Um, I'm going Philip Coutinho, ex-Liverpool man. Now he came in mid-season last year and he put it, he put up decent numbers. He scored five goals, three assists, seven clean sheets um, for 83. Was he at Villa? Yes, at Ashton Villa. He put up 83 points in half a season. Uh, I think I really love this pick. He is he is a little pricey. I will say that he's seven mil. Um, so a little on the pricey side, but I think it's worth it. I think uh, I think Ashton Villa is going to bounce back this year, full season under a new coach, um, or maybe not new manager. Sorry, excuse me. Um, but you know they have their transfers in now. I expect more from. Uh, Leon Bailey and some of the other transfers they got last year, Buendia. Um, and I think Philip Coutinho, now that he's going to have a full year at Ashton Villa, I expect him to be up there for up there in the running for their top player. Uh, next to the midfield, I have Martinelli. We're back to Arsenal. Again, they have a, a, a nice start to the season. And I, I, that's, I think he's going to be a stud, especially the six mil price. I think that's a good, uh, a good pick for you. Uh, next up, I have uh, Manuel Lanzini, Christian, who you, you're not a fan of Lanzini. Um, I like Lanzini as a player. I just was very surprised to see him in your opening day lineup. He scored 92 points last year, uh, five goals scored, three assists. So, I mean, if you look at it, Coutinho scored 83 half a season. Lanzini had all season. He scored 92. It is a bit, a bit of a risk, um, and he has a terrible first matchup against City, but then he has Nottingham Forest, Brighton, Ashton Villa, and then he has another really tough run. So I'm really looking at him for game week two through four. I think he's a good presence in the midfield, and I think he can get me uh, some points here and there. I do think he's a bit inconsistent inconsistent but this was a pure money saving move on my part you can get them for only five uh and a half mil so that's why i saved some money get him in my midfield he can have some games where he goes off um so that's why lanzini's there what about you man so on my third midfield spot i'm running a four three three so this is my final midfield midfielder and my starting uh rotation this one i went back and forth on and that's definitely a risk but with the Crystal Palace losing Cam Gallagher, someone's going to have to step up in the mid role, midfield. So I'm taking Michael Olise. I think he's destined for a breakout season in the Prem. This is going to be his second year. It was a big signing for them. It's time for him to take the step forward. Uh, I've heard a lot of people expecting big things from him. So I think that's a, that's a good pick. How much was he? I bet you saved some money on him too. Uh, he's five and a half mil. That's not bad at all. So that's kind of like the Lanzini. Cause uh, yeah. And then I also going off the, coming off the bench, I got Chuka Wameka, who's another young guy who a lot of people have been talking a lot about. He's been playing really well for the national team. So, and he's only four and a half mil is another guy off the bench that you could look at. So I'll go, I'll finish off the midfield. I'm very excited to watch this player play this season, like extremely excited play at the cottage. He was other than Mitrovic, a crucial part to Fulham getting called up. And that's Harry Wilson. He's got something, something to prove he's been in the Welsh national team. He's been playing extremely well for them. 
I think he's Premier League ready. I think at the very worst, if Fulham goes back down into the championship, I think this could be his coming out party, and I could see him getting a deal that takes him to a bigger club. Um, he's six mil, so a decent offer, but he's also kind of decently expensive for a newly promoted side. He's got a rough start to the year with Liverpool, and then it's Wolves, Brentford, and then his schedule just gets even tougher. So Fulham has a pretty tough start to the year, um, but I'm very excited to see what he does. And I have him in my lineup because I could very well see Liverpool has been known to dominate on opening day, but they have also been known to give up an early goal here and there where the expansion side kind of catches them off guard on day on match week one and scores. And this is a revenge game for Harry Wilson. You know, he was a young kid at Liverpool and they decided to let him go. And I could see him very well scoring uh, match week one. So that's why I have him. And how much was Harry Wilson? He was uh, six mil. Okay. So six mil. And then on the bench for when those games get tougher, I have uh, Traore from Wolves. But that's kind of a wait and see. He might be someone I take out of my lineup seeing if they loan him out again or if he's actually going to make it into the starting 11 in this kind of rebuilding Wolves team. So since you have three attackers and I only have two, I'll let you go first on the attack attacking side. So my first attacker is a guy making his premier league debut was 11 and a half mil coming in at man city. My vice captain Erling Holland. I feel like last year everyone was like, okay, Gotta get Lukaku, gotta get Lukaku, and and it kind of busted. I think that's gonna be how everyone's gonna be with Erling Holland. So I gotta squeeze him in now because I don't think this is gonna bust. Erling Holland is a world class player, and I think he's gonna fit in perfectly fine getting receiving passes from Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, he's a value right now. If he comes out and he plays as well as he does in the Bundesliga, his market is just going to ro- skyrocket and it's going to be harder to get him down the road. How, how much was he again? He comes in at 11 and a half. So he's okay. about the same. So as kind Mosala, of I believe, but no, oh, no, most all is 13. So he's, he's 11 and a half. I think that's the same price as uh, Harry Kane then. So you're basically looking at, do you want Erling Holland or do you want Harry Kane in this spot? And Harry Kane, while he is a proven player in, in the league, Erling Holland is just, He's something else, man. I've been, I'm a Dortmund fan, so I've been watching him play. Or you could save some money and not go Kane or Holland and pick up my boy. Uh, the first attacker I have, Darwin Nunez, also making his Premier League debut. There's a lot of expectations for Nunez. I am a little bit concerned about him struggling out of the gate because there's been all this talk. Um, this is Liverpool's Holland. This is Liverpool's Holland. And, you know, how will he compare to Manchester City's uh, blockbuster move? But he's got a friendly schedule to start off. If he doesn't score against Fulham, I think he'll score. Uh, school. <laughs> I think he'll score against Crystal Palace. Um, and then you do have that um, Manchester United game in match week three. But Darwin Nunez is a lock to to be in the opening day squad. And I expect big goals from him. Like I said, Liverpool has been known to score a lot in the first game of the year, especially when they're going up against a newly promoted side. Um, so, I mean, we're talking, their score lines have been five, one, four, one, you know, three nil stuff like that. Uh, I'd be shocked, shocked if Darwin Nunez is not one of those goals in the opening, opening game, but 
So that's why I have him in this lineup. Uh, and it's a little bias. You know, I've been saying all along, Darwin Nunez will do better than Holland. Um, and I got to back him up here. I have, I have to put him in my team. If I, if I'm going to talk big like that, I got to put him in my squad. This is where I feel uh, I could definitely use some doctoring up. Um, I have Alexander Mitrovic in this spot. I think that he's a guy who's coming in at only six and a half mil. And if he comes out and plays like he did last year, which obviously we know he's not going to get 40 plus goals, but if he comes out and he scores goals, 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 this is a guy who could definitely see a price increase very easily. Early in the season, he's got a tough road with Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, and Chelsea all in the first seven game weeks. So this might not be the best pick for me to start. Probably more of a guy you want on your bench for the first seven, eight weeks. And then from there on, I think he's going to take off. So I definitely need to do some doctoring and maybe try to get him on my bench. But I definitely want to keep him in my lineup. So with my final player in my starting 11, I went with someone who I think a lot of people have forgotten about because he was out a lot last year. He only scored five goals, two assists, and only got 64 points. The The previous seasons, he got 165 and 126. I'm bringing him back. He should be fully fit, and that's Dominique Calvert-Lewin. Now, I'm interested to see how the Everton team is this year and how much they bounce back after such a terrible year. But besides playing Chelsea week one, they play Ashton Villa, Nottingham Forest, Brentford, and Leeds. So he's got plenty of games that he can score. And one thing about DCL is it doesn't matter what team he's on. He is a he's a pure scorer. He is going to score you goals. He takes their penalty kicks, which you love to see with attacking players. So any penalties they draw DCL is going to be the one taking them. He's eight mil, little pricey for someone coming off an injury like that and barely playing at all last year. But I think it's going to be worth it in the long haul. And if I do need to set him, I have Antonio, who we all still, we all fell in love with Antonio. He had 140 points last season, 10 goals, 10 assists. He does everything. Um, so I enjoy having Antonio on my bench. Say I need to sit Darwin or Calvert Lewin. Coming in my final attacking spot is a guy who I'm now looking at the fixtures, and I'm very surprised we don't have more players from Chelsea. Kai Havertz is my uh, final spot in my starting 11. They don't have a tough matchup until we get against Liverpool, and then from there on, it's not until week 19 against Man City. This could, be a, this could be a massive uh, pickup. In any, I I might have to get more Chelsea players in my lineup. If that's the case. Maybe some. <laughs> We're changing that, right after. That's what's going to happen. Because because that I I didn't even really necessarily look at the fixtures on Chelsea, but that's insane. It's very evenly spread out. The second half of the year is definitely got a lot more red matchups, but they're still spread out. I think that Chelsea is definitely a team that you may want to buy into going in. Uh, the thing about FPL, man, research. It's I. <sighs> You might disagree, but I feel like so you have to research so much more in FPL than you do in like fantasy football or fantasy basketball. Like it's like where can you find well, the deals and they get more expensive and stuff like that. And when, when we're talking fantasy football and fantasy basketball, you kind of got your team. And yes, you can make trades or so on, but like if I have 
um, if I have LeBron James on my team, no one else has LeBron James. Yeah. So I don't need to decide, like, okay, do I need a captain this week or do I need a captain this guy? In FBL, I have Mo Salah, who is arguably the best uh, fantasy player, but so does 4 million people. Yeah. So I got to decide the right time when to captain him while they're captaining other players and when to use your triple captain. It's definitely more strategic for sure. But, man, I am so excited. That's one thing that I struggled at last year. Last year was our first year playing, and we really only played half a, half a season. Um, but I'm so excited. That's something I need to work on when to use the triple captain, when to use the wild card, when to use the bench boost, because that's, I feel like that's what determines, you know, how your season's going to go. Use them at the wrong time and you're, you're screwed. And this year we're going to have, from what I understand, they're giving us unlimited transfers during the world cup. Ooh, I didn't know that. So, uh, what is it called when you use your unlimited transfers? Uh, ooh, I can't remember. Whatever it is, you're yeah. you're gonna want to you're gonna get a free one during the World Cup, from what I understand. So that'll be definitely be interesting. A little mid season switch up, and we will keep you guys up to date on what moves we're making in our fantasy team. We'll have a little competition. You know what? I think I'll do that. I will create a league. It'll be the Avoiding Relegation Podcast League. Christian and I will join it. We'll be in it. And then you guys can compete right alongside us to see who ends up being the Avoiding Relegation Champion. We haven't decided yet if we're just going to do one podcast a week um, and that and cover everything in that podcast or if we're going to do like a short podcast covering what happened, what took place on the weekend and stuff, and then have another podcast later on in the week for fantasy. We haven't really decided that yet. Um, but, uh, man, I'm excited to play. It's going to be fun. I definitely feel going into this year more prepared than I did last year. So I'm definitely excited. Again, we have we still have a little bit learning to do. So some people who join in on our league might beat us this, this time around. Yeah, but, you might. But I'm telling you, you, this year I'm focusing on learning more. So next year will be the year that I'll come in with a vengeance. We'll have, we'll have some type of small – something small for you guys if you end up winning that league. But, yes uh, – uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at reality Randy, and we'll, we'll post the link there for you guys to join our league. Also we'll post it on Twitter and stuff, and we'll post it in the link, the description down below. I'll actually make it before uploading this. So it'll be in the description down below as well. So man, that is all we have for you guys today. Talking transfers, talking um, our fantasy, our FBL teams, make sure to hit that like button down below. Please help us grow this thing. We love talking uh, football, soccer, however you guys refer to it as. We love talking about it. We love the Premier League. Um, and then also hit that subscribe button as well. Hel- helps us out a lot. And you'll never miss content, survivor content, uh, entertainment content. And yes, what you guys are all looking for, Premier League content as well. Uh, hit that notification as well to make sure you never miss an episode. Christian, anything else you want to tell uh, everyone? Yeah, I do want to add in, uh, as soon as we start getting more and more uh, actual release kits, we're going to put out a podcast or video, whichever, of uh, us reviewing those kits. But we want to wait for almost, if not every team, to release their full kits instead of leaks. So, 
Yeah, we want to make sure we have all the uh, proper representation so we don't have to go back and do it again. But I think that's pretty much it. It was a fun time hanging out, talking about our fantasy leagues and every fantasy teams and everything. And I guess we'll catch you guys next week.